Hello, welcome to Pod Songs. I'm Jack Stafford. I interview inspiring people as inspiration for new songs. Now, I've been speaking to people from England and America mostly, but now I want to spread the net out a bit wider, get a bit more multicultural, more international. And I got lucky straight away with the next person I'm going to speak to, who is the host of the number one podcast in the Philippines. She's also a TV presenter, speaker, digital creative, and campaigner for children's education. Welcome, Joyce Spring. Hi, Jack. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's lovely to have you. I just want to start straight away by lowering your expectations because, as you probably already heard, I'm not a professional interviewer like yourself. <laughs> That's totally fine. I, I'm a fan of the music that you make, so this is cool. This is very cool. Well, I'm hoping to to pick up a few tips from you because, you know, when I've listened to your podcast and you have this instant rapport with people you've obviously never, you've never met before, you have this kind of instant like camaraderie and um, yeah, it's so natural. So how have you how have you developed this this skill because you've You've worked, you started out as a, a video DJ, wasn't it? And um, mm-hmm. you've done so many different, you know, radio, TV, events, speaking. You have this natural aptitude yeah. for it. So how did, you, how did you develop? You know, I think it's really just this innate need that I want to connect with people. And I feel like connecting with people really changes everything. You know, when I go into a conversation or an interview or anything of that sort, I always look at how can I connect with this person? How can I learn from this person? How can I hear them out? How could I listen to them intentionally? And I think having that idea and motivation of just really listening to someone is is a great way to connect with people. And that automatically changes the kind of conversation that you have. It automatically creates this sort of camaraderie that you were talking about. Wanting to hear somebody else and wanting to have that human connection, it changes everything. And anytime I go into an interview or even just a simple conversation, I, I always think of it that way. So yeah. Yeah, because there's different types of guests. And I've had some people who are, I've only needed to ask about three questions just because they they just talk all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. So for some people, yeah. you know, you have to, they lead, you know, you have to like keep pushing and asking questions. So, I mean, how do you, you think up questions on the spot? Or? I mean, I always prepare before an interview, but I always kind of take it by ear. So you have prepared questions and, you know, you you do your research, right? So one of the things that I've learned because I worked in radio for four years, one of the things that has really helped me is to prepare every time I go in an interview. So we've done a lot of international acts on the show. We've done local stars also on the radio show and on TV. And you always have to have a script. But I think what makes an interviewer or conversation special is when you are actually listening to that person and following up with questions that you're getting from their answers. So I would prepare these questions, ask them the questions, but then I I let myself be curious and inquisitive. You know, you have to be curious. I always say on my podcast, if you want to be interesting, you have to be interested, which I think is such an important thing that I've learned along the way. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really listening intentionally with people. And, you know, one of the books that I've recently read, uh, 12, uh, what was it? 12 Rules for Life. One of the rules that they said um, was to talk to someone and listen to someone as if they have something to tell you that you have no idea about. And I've gone through my life always thinking that whenever I go into a conversation, this person knows something that I don't know. So I need to really listen and give my attention and my everything to this person. So yeah, I guess that's how I prepare. But you know, it's always nice to just kind of go with the flow and see where the conversation takes you. You're right. Sometimes there are people that gives you a very long, comprehensive answer for (laughs) one super simple question, like probably what I'm doing right now with you. I'm very grateful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. But there are also people where you ask them a question and all they do is give you a one sentence answer and you're just kind of like taken aback, like, okay, where do I take that conversation now? So 
Yeah. yeah, I wish I wish I could. When I'm, I've been interviewed a few times, and to give long answers is quite difficult, isn't it? You start to feel halfway through the long answer, you start to feel like a bit self-conscious, like you know, I, I, should I really let them speak? You know, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, I always have to say sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I feel guilty. You know, dinner parties when people, you know, when I start to tell a long story and everyone looks at you, you know, I just feel too self-conscious. So. I'm the same. Can I tell you a story though, Jack? Um, growing up, I've always been like that. And uh, a couple of years ago, I think a mentor of mine told me that the reason why I felt like I couldn't um, keep talking about something that was important to me was because I probably have had experiences in the past where I was expressing something important to me or an idea that I had. And someone important to me told me that what I was saying wasn't important enough for me to keep going. So Mm -hmm. she was saying that, you know, it's a defense mechanism for myself. I don't know about you. I don't want to presume, but it was a, (laughs) it was a, it was a defense mechanism for myself that I didn't want to keep going because I used to be stopped by other people to keep saying the things that I want to say. So she said something like, you know, you have to find confidence in what you want to say. And the best part is, if it's a recorded interview like this, Jack, I give you all the autonomy to cut out everything that you want to cut out (laughs) from the long-winded answers that I have. So that's great, right? You got the power to edit it out. (laughs) I should go back and edit some of them, but I just haven't got the time, you know, because I'm writing songs about everyone. So I'm completely focused on on that, mm. I know I should go back and edit to make them more interesting and particularly to make myself sound more intelligent. But um, yeah, I haven't got that. You definitely don't need that. That's very I'm interesting just... what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm just banging through them. But um, I noticed with your, um, because you're with your podcast, you do interview people, but you also take it from a very personal perspective. You know, you talk about how you seem to be such a confident person, but you battle sometimes with depression and particularly in these COVID times when we're all in in our little boxes. So, you know, do you, that's very brave of you to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I come from the Philippines and in our country, not a lot of people talk about mental health and mental health disabilities. I grew up being branded as just emotional or artistic. um, And people would just say that I was a drama queen for the things that I was going through. And when you talk about depression instantaneously, a lot of people would think that you're incapable of harnessing healthy relationships, of thinking your own thoughts, and of actually living a life that's filled with joy. And the reason why I keep talking about my mental health illnesses and disabilities is because I want to tell people that you can be both, that you can be a joyful person going through depression and anxiety, that you can be struggling and be challenged by all these mental health issues that you're going through and still be grateful for the life that you have. And sometimes one of the big things that people with mental health disabilities go through is the 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 stigma of having to go through life with this disability and not have anybody anybody to talk to about it apart from probably their therapist or their psychiatrist. So I think opening up, you know, I got a couple of followers on, on social media and opening that up and bringing a platform where they could actually feel brave enough to be vulnerable about what they're going through. I think that empowers people even in small ways. So it empowered me personally, and I really hope that it does the same for those who follow me and and listen to the podcast. Oh, it definitely does. People have seen from your followers, they get you've got a real community. And I think, yeah. I think it helps to look at the mind as like a, a separate from you, you know, that it is like, it's like a muscle. And it's mm-hmm. or like you said before, just a few moments ago, that it's, you're a collection of this mind is made up a collection of experiences, mm-hmm. you know, like software, and you know, it's been programmed. So if you had some bad, you know, if there's some bad programming done in the, and this, it affects the way you communicate with other people, you know, and it's, and you experience the world through the mind so Mm. it can make you very depression is very easy to to get to but hard to fix because you're experiencing at the same time you know if it's Mm. your leg you can use your mind on your leg but your mind is you know we're using it all the time no yeah it's like an inception of sickness because you're sick 
your mind is sick and you're using your mind to try and fix that sickness, right. which is kind of like an inception of, of all the pain. And, and you're right. It feels like you're going through it alone because if you're sick on your leg, you could actually ask someone to fix it for you. Like you mm -hmm. go and go to a doctor and say, what are the medicines? What are the things that you could do to instantaneously fix this thing that I'm going through? But with your mind, it's really a personal battle. You have to do it on your own. And even if they give you medicine and therapy, you still are alone with your mind and you have to constantly use it as you mentioned so I get, the <laughs> I get the feeling that you're somebody who when there's something broken that you really want to fix it you know so you 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 put you shine the spotlight on it you know so you go to therapists you read the books you you interview people on your podcast so so what are some of the things that you've you've learned that you could could pass on to me well I guess precisely just what you mentioned, um, not really focusing on solution, but not being afraid to ask for help. I think one of the things that have stifled people from growing and from being better and healthier is that we're constantly afraid to ask for help and to admit the vulnerabilities that we're currently going through and that we experience. But I think being human is being vulnerable. We're constantly vulnerable to pain and suffering and to experiences that we might not like. And actually just being honest about that vulnerability gives you the power to have control over it and to actually have peace with it. There are certain things that we can control and look for solutions for, right? Like reading the books, going to the therapy, getting the medicines. But then there are also things that you have no control over, like the circumstances that you're presented with and the things that you're currently going through and, and, and the difficulties that you might go through. But having peace with both those things, the things that we can control and the things that we cannot control. I think that really is something that's very important. And that comes with the vulnerability and the strength to actually ask for help and seek for guidance. So, you know, my faith, uh, I, I was reading about you and you mentioned about going to a meditation trip and how it changed everything for you. And so on my part, I'm a Christian and I have the same experience, you know, being a Christian and having that faith really honed me in and made me become a different person because I understood life from a metaphysical perspective that it's not just the ob object, the things that I'm currently seeing that I'm going through, but there's this otherworldly thing that we have to also be aware of. And I think that's, that's part of all the human experiences that we have. So that's why I'm solutions oriented, quote unquote, mm -hmm. because, um, I, I, I want to open the conversation more than anything. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we can always have the, the right answers or even answers, period. But I think we can ask the right questions. So mm -hmm. that's good enough for me. Yeah, I think it's like when you, when you, when you look upon that, you look at it as a separate, you listen to this voice and you're saying, oh, today I feel happy, today I feel sad, I'm experiencing this and that kind of observation. You know, when you do it to extreme, when you go and see like a stand-up comedian, yeah, they're always talking about, you know, I'm experiencing this. And then you laugh at it because, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm laughing as well. Isn't it? There's no toilet paper. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, I'm experiencing, mm -hmm. I'm running out or COVID. Everyone's, you know, so when, when you write a song, in my, you know, when you write a song and it's about something that everyone can relate to, then, you know, that makes a great song just because it's very observational. So and yeah. if you, you're applying that to your mental processes. Mm -hmm. and, it, and human it, connection, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You, you, you're coming from, you're currently now in Italy. You grew up in the UK. I'm coming from the Philippines. We have different lives, different backgrounds, different cultures. But we talk about the same human experience. Isn't mm -hmm. that fascinating? We've yeah. got the same human experiences. I know. And also the Philippines is kind of a, it's a kind of a interesting place because you are very you're in Asia, but you're very Americanized. Yeah. Very Western. So, very Western. Yeah. But you're complete, have this, this Asian. So, you know, when you, when you think of yourself in the world, you know, you can look to Australia and America and to Asia and you're very in the mix. How did, how has that affected the mentality of, of you and the Philippines? That's a great question. Um, you know, it's weird because anytime people ask me like, 
the, the usual questions, you know, about culture or like something that's specific to the Philippines, I can't really say anything, not like with Japan or Thailand, where you have specific things that you do just in the Philippines, uh, just in their country. But in the Philippines, it's such a mix of culture. But, you know, I think it, it also has a lot to do with the long history of colonialism in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So I can't really blame us for that. We love, um, we love everything that's Western and we gobble it up, uh, the music, the culture, the movies, everything. But I think you're right. It's, it's kind of like a mix of everything. And it makes it harder for you to find your identity as a Filipino. It makes it hard for me to find my identity as a Filipino. But that's where everything else comes from. Um, I think it's easy when you come from a country that instantaneously gives you an identity, right? If you're... Mm-hmm. If you're coming from a country that has a culture that's so built in, a tradition that's so built in, you get your identity from the country where you're born and where you were raised. But for Filipinos, one of the things that I really enjoy as a Filipina is I get to create my own identity, that I'm not just a Filipina. I am also a Filipina that loves traveling. I'm a Filipina that loves Japanese food. I'm a Filipina that loves American music. I'm a Filipina that loves British humor. So Mm -hmm. it, it, it kind of is a smorgasbord of all of these things. So it makes it a little bit more complicated, but it also makes it interesting. It depends where you're looking at it from. No, but you also, they go all around the world. No, I mean, anywhere you go, you can meet a Filipino and... Yeah, it must be, I think probably in some ways kind of the center of the world, you know, it's because everything flows through you. You're, you're, you've got the best of everything. You kind of, I've never been there. I've been all around Asia, but I never went to the Philippines. So You should definitely come to the Philippines. We'd love to, Kara and I and the whole Spring Studios team would love to bring you out and, <laughs> and make you see the, the beaches and the food and the culture that we have. We have culture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, everyone's the people are so lovely. I mean, it's, you don't often meet you don't meet an angry Filipino very often, or a, you've got your stereotype is they're very lovely people, no? Well, it's a, it's the tropical sun, Jack. Okay. I mean, if 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 you've got <laughs> if you got tropical sun, great beaches, good food, and lots of carbs like we do here in the Philippines, you'll be a happy <laughs> person too. Yeah, the diet is something though, isn't it? I mean, it's not the healthiest, is it? <laughs> It's far from the healthiest. It's, it's mm. literally on the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. And so, so how are things with COVID over there? Because obviously you're still, you're in full lockdown, are you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's been really bad. Um, we're still in full lockdown. And, uh, f- well, it's not, it's not funny. It's relatively funny to me because currently we started going back to work and, you know, I do shoots and I work in TV and anytime that I work in TV, what would happen is the network that I work for would give me a van and a security team that goes with us to the shoot. And um, the security team that they gave us apparently had COVID-19. They didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't know that they had COVID-19, but apparently they were waiting for the results. And right on the day of my shoot, after riding with this security team for like two hours on the road, they told us that, oh, those guys apparently have COVID and you guys have to cancel the shoot and start quarantining. So the interesting thing is now we're in quarantine mode. Um, we are called persons under monitoring I'm because so we have... Yeah, so um, I've been watching out for like throat itches and, and headaches and, and things like that the past few days. So, so you're, you're, is- in, you're in special quarantine within quarantine? Yes. Oh my God. A special, a cor- you know, if quarantine wasn't bad enough, we had to multiply it into two, right? That's gosh, because I was re- I was hit, hit when on one of your podcasts that you're getting kind of depressed, like you called it Zoom gloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you have to, you know... To speak to, because I always I felt very guilty about our interview today because I know, you know, I heard you talking about how you hate in Zoom and, you know, you have to up, get yourself up for the game. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, because me, I'm still in my pajamas here. Um, so I haven't, I haven't prepared at all for our meeting. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got any, I haven't even shaved. I haven't done my hair. Mm-hmm. I, I, I clean my teeth though, but um, that's it really. So... <laughs> 
but you, you know, I've, I was reading about how much you prepare and you, because you feel, if you do your face, you feel up for it, you, you know, you're fresh. Yeah. You move your think, mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the complications of dealing with mental health, right? Um, for some people, it's, you could, like, I have a lot of friends also who just get out of bed and they have, they could just go to work instantaneously. Like their mindset mm-hmm. is just right there. But I guess it's also one of the normal things that I have been dealing with as somebody who has mental health issues that I really need to prepare myself for the work that I'm doing. Because if not, I'm going to struggle through the whole process of the work. So by me preparing for this interview, you know, taking a shower, putting on a bit of lipstick and and kind of like prepping myself for, for the work itself, it helps me enjoy the thing that I'm doing. Instead of, you know, kind of be glum and, and feel the things that I'm feeling. So, yeah. So are, you enjoy- are you enjoying school so far? I mean, how am I doing out of 10? I mean. Yes, you are a 12 out of 10. Thank you, Jack, for making this call. I really appreciate it. No, well, I mean, but what's your day looking like at the moment? I mean, how many, how, how many calls are you having today? And how many, what, what kind of work do you have to do today? Well, so I, um, I just have this call with you and then I have to shoot. So we have a TV show, my husband and I, we host a TV show together. And so now that we're in quarantine, what they're asking us to do is shoot a segment here at home. So we're going to be shooting that and then do a couple of other podcast things. Uh, I actually recently just signed up with Spotify as one of their exclusive podcasters. Did you really? Uh, yeah. So oh, we had the big announcement yesterday. Thank you. Thank oh, you. So just focusing on those things. Because, yeah, they just signed Joe Rogan for $100 million. So you're number, they were, you were number two on the list. Yes, definitely. I mean, I was kind of angry at them for, for giving Joe Rogan the TF that I was asking for. But it's totally fine, I guess. I'll settle with $90 million. Okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> so, did, <laughs> so did you meet your, how did, did you meet your husband through hosting the show together? Or did yes, you... we did. We did. It's Gosh, so cheesy. You took it's... your work home with you. Yes, I did. You know what they say, don't crap in your backyard. I did all the crapping in my backyard. <laughs> so how did you have like a, did you have like a lengthy on-screen romance or did it, you know, it's, you kept it secret and then there was people were guessing and then it was on the. All those cliches that you just mentioned, all that. So we, we don't um, act. Well, my, my husband's an actor and a host. I only do the hosting part. So we hosted together. And, you know, the first few months, people were just teasing us. And, you know, we, I was kind of like, I it just came out of a relationship. I'd, I'd been single for two years. I didn't feel like I was, I wanted to get into a relationship, but he was so persuasive and so persistent. So I ended <laughs> up dating him. And this whole dating process happened on live television every morning mm, mm, okay yes How because we have the morning show interesting <laughs> well we ended up getting married so it's cool <laughs> if we ended up breaking up it would be more complicated but since we ended up marrying each other it's it's okay <laughs> i guess that's a good thing because if you were doing the evening show together you know you have kind of time to prepare you know but you're doing the morning show you're seeing your uh, your worst now Yes, definitely. I was telling him uh, that the beginning of our relationship before he, so we, we used to have separate vans because obviously we didn't live together. So he used to have a separate service in a van for himself. And before he came to see me in the morning, I would see him gargle and, and like do a little gargle, (laughs) you know, before he faced me, like he would Mm -hmm. try to wash his face to look good um, because he was trying to, (laughs) how how early is it? How early is early? Is it like six in the morning or no, our, our show starts at five 30. So my God, we onset at like four, four 30 AM Asians, right? We wake up really early. So yeah. And then after a couple of months, he stopped gargling and he was just like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, are you disappointed? (laughs) Of course I was disappointed. I was like, where did all that um, gargling? (laughs) He stopped trying. But I mean, after a couple of months of hosting the morning show, right. And doing all that jazz at four in the morning, I kind of understand. So I let him be. (laughs) Oh, but that's a slippery slope. Once you get, let him stop the gargling then, you know, he stops other things. 
Well, mm-hmm. good news, Jack. He's gone back to the gargling now that we're married, and I'm happy to report that he has really good hygiene. So, surprisingly. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, I met my girlfriend when we were traveling, and we were traveling for eight months together. And I thought it's kind of that heavy induction. If you can travel with someone, um, you know, then because we were you know we were traveling very light, we were we were having the same clothes. So, so I think she started washing my underwear after about the fifth day, and I thought. Here's a girl, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a keeper. Kind of in- <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, so, but anyway, not talk about me, but let's get back to you. So what else can I ask you? I was looking at your podcast and, yeah, because you're, you're, doing, you're, you're doing the 20-somethings, yeah? Yeah. More audience. Mm-hmm. So, so how does that work? I mean, you have to be... You have to be genuinely, because I'm getting older, so I don't know about, I was trying to listen to a few of these, but about dating and um, creating a powerful morning routine. That was a good one. Mm, thank so you. So what's your, what's your, um, what's the, the kind of the best episodes to go back and listen to on your podcast? Oh, that's a good one. Um it really depends, I guess. You know, sometimes I get surprised with what people like to listen to on the podcast. And I was just telling the Spotify team yesterday, the interesting thing is when you put on a podcast, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, um, people would listen to your past episodes, maybe episodes from months or years ago, mm-hmm. and something that might not be relevant to you right now because it's something that happened in your past is so relevant to someone else in the present. So I think that's so interesting that that happens. So it it really depends, I guess, what you're going through. Um, I love, I think one of the episodes that would always get a lot of um, responses is anger management. So I had an episode where I just talked about anger management and how I used to have um, a lot of difficulty handling the way that I handle emotions and anger because I would Mm -hmm. always suppress my emotion and, and not blurt it out and not, and not actually process it. So I did an episode on anger management, on processing your emotions. So those are things that have really helped a lot of people. Um, I did another episode with Gretchen Ho, who is also a TV presenter here in the Philippines. And it was called Keeping a Positive Mindset. And I think that was really relevant, especially now um, because of COVID-19. A lot of people are looking for ways to stay positive during this time. Because if you're just at home or if you lost your job and you know, you're, you're going through all of these things, it's hard to keep um, an, out, an outside perspective of positivity. So that's something that they always go back to. And another episode that would always get a lot of attention is dealing with negative people. Mm-hmm. And people who okay. work from offices or companies they're like i love this episode girl i can't tell you about this employee or this co-worker or this office mate that i have they're a pain in my butt i love listening to this episode so those are some of my favorites okay i'm gonna because i've got to i've got to write a song about this so is it did you have any ideas about what particular aspect of joyce bring i could bring into the light. Ooh, I have no, you know what, that you're, now you're making me feel like I'm on the spot and I'm just, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like pick a part of my, I don't know. It, it really depends, I guess. What do you find most interesting about every, from all of the things that you've been listening to? Well, you know, when I, when I interview other people, I, they do their thinking for me, you know, that you normally I get people who have written a book, you know, so they've, you know, they have this big thing they want to promote. So I just write a song about their, what they're trying to do. But with you, I don't know. I mean, it was, I guess that you're very, you know, very honest. So that kind of, you like channeling this, when you talk about Zoom gloom in particular and how, because that's something we can all relate to, isn't it? Like we're, we're all struggling to, you know, put on our best face best voice um, with other people and yeah having these conversations where we have to be you know up 
you know mm. even if not just because we're doing a podcast but if you were if we're interviewing you if you're talking to your colleagues at work you know we're all doing it via zoom mm. and it, you know it's a whole new way of speaking isn't it it's a whole new way of you know when when you have a conversation in real life it's different to this this what we're having now mm. so yeah there's all these sorts of different ways of to communicate i'm not really used to it yet so yeah yeah, so probably that, right? Zoom, gloom, communication, mm. um, being vulnerable, being honest. Um, I think that's a huge part of myself, just those two things, communication and honesty. Mm. And it's, it's, it's pivoted my life, both personally and professionally, a lot. Um, Zoom, gloom is such, a, is such a funny song title. It's a cool song title. You're going to use it. But it's true. It's, it's hard because you don't get to pick so one of the articles that I was reading recently is something that talked about how one of the reasons why it's hard to do Zoom conversations is when you're talking to someone in person, you, your brain automatically picks up on their body language or their facial expressions or like the small ticks that they do with their bodies. But when you're on Zoom, it changes everything. Like you can't really see that. You can't really feel or, or, or really have that human physical connection while you're talking so it adds to the the gloom i guess and to the difficulty of connecting so but you're but you're like a t you're a tv presenter so you're it's your job to you know be in front of a camera and you're talking to a blank space you know yeah. you don't get any reaction so that's how do you do that i mean that's kind of what it's like acting but you just speak and then you you know i mean when i'm talking to you if i run out of something to say you can help me you'll fill in for me but you're you're naked there when you're on tv just speaking to the void how do you mm. how do you i mean if i was doing this podcast by myself it'll be a lot harder you know to keep yeah. a continuous mental flow mm. and you know i guess you're reading it sometimes with a teleprompter but a lot of the time yeah. you're not i i mean you're really having to so what's the difference between a zoom call and a tv presenting i guess it's the setup you know and and I guess it's it's the setup and the the goal of the action. Like the goal of the action of TV presenting is presenting an idea and a situation that you're currently in. So for example, if I was TV presenting about my house right now, I could go on and keep talking about, you know, so we got this house in 2018, you know, we've refurbished everything. There's something that you're presenting and you're talking about. Mm, ah, Right. You're a presenter. You're, you're, you're basically talking about something that's already there in existence mm -hmm. as compared to zoom calls and, and, and talking to someone, you're actually bantering. The term is bantering, right? Mm -hmm. You're jumping back and forth with ideas and, and getting energies and, 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 um, thought processes mm -hmm. together. So you, when you're TV presenting, you don't really think about connecting with your audience. That's different from live hosting, which I also do. It's very, very different. But TV presenting, mm -hmm. it's just you have to think about, okay, how do I show people what I'm currently doing or what I'm currently going through and what I want them to understand? So, yeah. Too yeah such, a, such a skill. So, so when, what, what did you break your teeth in? What did you, how did you start, you know? Because when you, as a, when I'm doing the music, you start in a small cafe with no one listening. You're at the back, and you practice and practice and practice. You you start in the, the that's the paddling pool, the baby pool, mm -hmm. and you go into the big one later. But so how, what's because you're not just go live on national TV first day of work. You know what? How did you? What did you? How did you cut your teeth? What? What was your baby pool? Yeah. Well. Um... I actually, I, I had baptism by fire because I didn't have any background with TV, but I entered this TV competition when I was 18 years old. And the TV competition was funnily enough, presenting um, music videos. So I was a VJ, a video jock mm -hmm. for music videos. And yeah, that's how I, I started. That's really, I had no idea what I you was doing. You just got doing. that first thing, first thing yeah. you got. Gosh, <laughs> that's the first thing I got. And it, it was a TV competition. So I was, I was actually studying fine arts. I was a painter. So I was studying oh, really? fine arts and I was writing. I was very introverted. I thought I was introverted, but you know, I needed to work and there was this great opportunity. Um, my friends were telling me, you know, you, you look like you could be on TV. You speak 
English well, so might as well try it. And I just, I went because I needed money. And at that time I was working in an offshore company as a writer and I hated my job because I had to be awake from 12 midnight to 9 a.m. for office hours mm-hmm. in Australia or in the States or somewhere. And, um, and, and I hated doing that kind of job. So I was like, you know what, if I work in TV, I'd have more money and not work as much as I work now in the company. So I'm going to try it out. And I won. So I had no idea what I was doing for the first few years. I kid you mm. not, years in wow. TV. And I struggled so much. Um, and I, I had to learn along the way. And, and, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, I think that's the reason why I'm so open with finding solutions and communicating what I need and asking for help and being vulnerable because those are the things that have helped me hone my work now, my craft and my myself as a person. So it changed everything. Yeah. Cause now like everyone's doing zoom. So now everyone's kind of a presenter, but you, you know, you're the, the, the top. It's the so work. That, yeah. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. But yeah, like us, so going back to that, but even you get depressed then with Zoom. Mm-hmm. Even you, someone as well trying to say there was a bigger thought behind that is that even someone with your wealth of experience and your experience talking to camera, even you don't like, even you find it difficult. So what hope is there for the rest of us? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, it's the cliche thing that we always hear, but it's in a different form. Um, people would always say, oh, even the, the prettiest or the coolest or the most successful people in the world still feel, experience sadness and, mm-hmm. um, and dissatisfaction. What more people who are currently vying for those things, vying for fame or fortune or success in their life, right? Um, I think on my end, it's, it's that kind of philosophy, but in a different form. Even me, who was trained to be a presenter, trained mm-hmm. to work digitally, trained to talk to a camera, trained to be constantly doing conversation, even me, even a professional in the field, mm-hmm. would still feel the dissipation of satisfaction from this kind of connection. Mm-hmm. What more people who aren't used to it? So with that kind of thinking, we have to be kinder to each other. We have to be kinder to teachers who are trying to do online schooling now, who are trying to teach. You know, I saw a a photo or an article about this 65-year-old professor who was figuring out how to do a Zoom call because they had to be back in school. Um, There are a lot of people who are now looking for jobs online because they have no other choice but to look for jobs online. So this human experience of, of finding difficulty in something that even professionals have, find, mm-hmm. f- have found difficulty in it's so human, right? It's so, it's so real. So I think it's just a call to action for people to be more kind, understanding and empathetic towards each other. So what can people do then, you know, if they're, they're new to zoom and they having to do, you know, these presenting to a class of people that have never done it before. And there's all these faces or you're, you're communicating with your colleagues or your boss suddenly via zoom, you know, and you're not, what, how can people, how can people cope with it? How can people excel at it? I think scheduling is everything. Um, the first thing is I try not to squeeze in too many calls per day. And I find that a lot of people do that. Like they try to go from one Zoom call to another and they don't really realize that it's just like meeting with people in person. You're, you can get exhausted and tired from talking to someone and forcing yourself to do 12 Zoom calls a day is going to be very difficult. So if you have the option to, I know some people don't, but if you have the option to try to pace yourself so that you don't spread yourself too thinly in the kind of conversations and connections that you make with other people. And I find also that now, Jack, you know, I only scheduled you to be my Zoom call for today because I wanted to really give my everything to this call. I wanted to connect with you. I wanted to, you know, make sure that I spend time with you and listen to your ideas and exchange ideas and not feel like it's work. I wanted to connect with someone. And I think that's very special. So that's one thing that we could do. Um, The second thing is 
I guess, to have fun with it. Um, you know, if you're going into a Zoom call anyway, you might as well, if you like that kind of sort of thing, if you like dressing up, if you like changing your virtual background, if you like setting up your computer and finding a nice mic or a nice webcam, if you find joy in that, then go on ahead and, and do that because it helps you cope with this new normal. Um, and third and finally, I think be on Zoom calls with people that, that um have the capacity to help you grow as a person, whether that's your colleagues that you have to work with, you know, or friends and family that will encourage you and enlighten you throughout the day. Make sure that you appreciate and, and remind yourself that when you're in a Zoom call, it's easier to trick your mind into thinking that you're just in front of your computer talking mm -hmm. to someone that you actually forget that there's another human being on the other end of that call. Mm -hmm. And that call makes it special. So learning and reminding yourself that, you know what, this is not just a call. There's another human being on the other side of this call that I'm talking to that is going through a completely different experience for me. So yeah, that's yeah. like what you said at the start, you know, like interviewing is about listening. Mm, connecting. Connecting. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. That's great stuff. Yeah, you thought about that. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, because, you know, it's difficult for for everyone at this time, yeah. We all need to mm. be up our game, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you have anything else to ask me? I, I mean, I, I, did, I didn't prepare many questions, as you can probably tell. I kind of... No, that's totally haven't, haven't fine. I uh, haven't got your, that area of it nailed down, but um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about, like what's going on with your life at the moment? Obviously, this Spotify is really exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, we've, we've actually been working out uh, this deal since tail end of last year. So to finally be able to talk to other people about it and make the announcement, it's a huge deal. And um, I, was, I, I was the representative podcast uh, for the Philippines. So. Okay. When wow. we had the yeah, when we had the press con yesterday with Spotify, I was the only podcaster on the call. So I was like, this is fantastic. I mean, I feel really great about it. And they capped, I think, around nine podcasts. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool. Yeah, that's what's been happening. Um, I'm newly married, so I think all this connection um, conversation is coming from personal experience of being married for the past year and being quarantined mm -hmm. for a majority of that year. <laughs> That's the honeymoon from hell, no? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it, right? Everyone's like, oh, it's an extended honeymoon. And I was like, you, you bet. You bet, definitely is. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really where, I think it's where the, the whole communication conversation has been coming from. It's, I've been learning to communicate and, and I feel like that kind of open communication is something that we have to learn and relearn all the time. So I'm trying to apply it even in Zoom glooms and Zoom calls. Okay, do you have a garden? A what? Do you have a garden? Do you have a yeah, green, we, green space? Yeah, now we have some green space, so. Oh, that's, that's um, so important. That's what saved me through quarantine. It's a oh. tiny little patio. Yeah, you, just to get out of the house, though, that's so, um, that's so important. I'll show yeah, you my, you, I'm in my meditation room now, and it's, uh, that's, sorry about this terrible echo, that's because of the reason. But I've, I've got my parents staying, so I've been kicked out of my, of my studio. So <laughs> yeah, I'm in this tiny, I'm in my yeah. little room. So. They've got an hostile takeover already. They have. They, well, they drove here from um, from England. So, but I can tell you all about this on on your podcast because I'm chatting to you. You, I'm going to be. I'm honored to be one of yeah. your guests on your podcast. So I'm so excited. You know, we actually posted on Facebook and social media about you, and if my listeners have any questions, so they've actually sent in a lot of questions. Um, about songwriting, music, um, mental health, your creative process, all those cool things. I'm a much yeah. better guest than I am interviewer. I am, <laughs> I am very new to being an interviewer and it's had to completely change my egotistical personality to actually being interested in other people in this way. It's very difficult for me, you know, because I'm used to being the star. I'm used mm. to 
you know, just broadcasting. So I'll be a much better, you, you'll have a much better experience than I just did. I promise. No, you, you, you're, you're doing great. I have no idea um, why you say that because you're, you're actually doing great. I think it's, it's, you're asking good questions. You're keeping the conversation going and you're being honest about the way that you you're learning about being an interviewer. So <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's cool. the advice. I've got that honesty out. I've got that. Down. <laughs> that's what, that's what I learned from you. And yeah, having talking about yourself and your problems is what you mm. do on your podcast. So I hope that will make my podcast more interesting and not just the fact that I'm, I have this gimmick, you know, it's like, which you can sum up in one sentence that I write a song about the people, you know, but it's kind of like one of those movies where these two people are driving across America and, you know, that's the idea they drive across, but really it's that there's an understory and hopefully the understory as I develop in this podcast will become more interesting. So, mm, but yeah, still have to, I have to concentrate a lot because I have to write these songs about people and I have to Mm. find, I had one, I've already done one about Zoom calls. Is that what you said about you can, you have to dress up, but you only have to do that from the waist, you know? So what you do below the waist, you can. It's jammies. You can do whatever you like, or you can dress as the opposite sex. That's what I did in one song. (laughs) So if they, just because you can express yourself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, maybe, you know, maybe at the end of this great grand podcast experiment, pod songs experiment, I can have an album of songs about each subject, you know, and one, uh, at this rate, I'm going to have an album of songs about Zoom chat. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think your song could be the single. So Zoom gloom. Yeah, Zoom just gloom. Need, I, I just need the melody and the rest of the lyrics. So Awesome. You can do it. I'm I'm really excited to hear it. Do you have enough material to make a song no, out of it? No, no. No? No. You need to give me something else. Yeah. It's going to be your struggle. <laughs> oh my gosh. How can I help? I don't know how to help. I don't know. Well, um, you can, you can pray for me. <laughs> I will. I'll pray for you. No, but it's, yeah, Zoom gloom. So is there anything else that, um, yeah, I think you covered it all really. No. Uh, okay well i think i think i can do the rest you have to leave it with me i'm a professional <laughs> i believe you i feel so bad i hope that i did okay that's what a lot with- of guests tell me actually i had an, another guest last week and he was um he was a podcast guy he says how am i gonna how are you gonna write a song from that i don't see the you know but i just pull it out of the air at the end so i'm just channeling like you you know there's these other energies coming spirits coming through me and um, they're, they're much better at songwriting than I am. So, yeah, I've just got to really relax here in my meditation room and let it come, let it flow. Yeah. For a melody. Did you know I was uh, reading this book by Brene Brown and... You read a lot. Yes, I, I love reading. Um, but she was talking about how the word genius comes from the Greek word or, or the term genie. In. And before, what they think about when, when, they, when they think about creatives and geniuses um, was that there's this otherworldly spirit that comes to you and gives you that idea and, if, and it asks you to give life to that idea. So mm-hmm. she was talking about how a genius is basically like a genie, a genie coming to you and giving you this creative idea. So she was saying that, you know, when, you, when you're an artist or when you're a creative, your job is not really to kind of like pound yourself to create this wonderful thing, but to wait for the genie to come and be ready when that genie comes with all the skill set, the knowledge and everything else that you need to bring life to that idea. And she was saying something like, um, this genie also, if you don't, um, if it keeps coming to you and you don't give life to it, it's going to find somebody else to, to bring life to it. So I don't know. It was just something interesting that I thought about. When oh, that's a hundred percent right. I'm at that. Um, what was the, who, who wrote that book again? I think it's Brene Brown. I, I'm going to double check for you. Okay. No, that's a hundred percent right. Because there are two ways to write songs. And so if I really push it, and I can't, I have to think of something, I have to think of something. And I sit down and try and do it in a very, very right brain, very, you know, then it'll be a terrible, terrible song. But uh, yeah, if I just wait for it to come, then it'll be, a, it'll be a proper song. It'll be a flow thing, you know. And there yeah, are, and all, you know, sorry, go ahead. 
Sorry, I, I was just saying, um, and it, you're right, it flows. Like you, sometimes you write songs and it's 10 minutes and you're done, right? You, you yeah, write oh, everything. Yes, the best done. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, when you do painting, yeah, you're a painter. Are you mm -hmm. still painting? Well, sometimes and not so much anymore, but it's when I write, um, I, I love to write poetry and, and prose and all that, that stuff. And I have great days where you just, you wake up and there's this thing already that's kind of like swirling in your head, a line. And then when you write that line, everything else just follows. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the genie, right? You, you have that one line and all the other, um, the rhymes come to you, the, 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 the pacing comes to you, the rhythm comes to you, and it just, it blows me away. So when I read that, I felt like it was something that a lot of my friends who were creatives could also relate to. And you did, so I'm glad. 100%. Actually, last year I got into metaphysics, which is um, something I try to mention on every podcast because it's so fascinating. It's the most fascinating thing I've ever studied. Um, and it says that there are all these different... So there is God. There is the whole thing, yeah, the whole shebang. That's everything in manifestation and everything not in manifestation. And that, um, But there are all these sub-levels and that we we reincarnate in an endless reincarnatory cycle. It was actually in the Bible, you know, they took it out in about 600 AD. Um, oh, did Jesus, they? Yeah, Jesus, um, he uh, preached reincarnation, um, but yeah, the other Pope took it out because they could make more money by convincing people that when they go, they should leave it all to the church. <laughs> so, uh, and the, the God in the Bible is actually the son. If you... Um, when you really look at it, what Jesus said is the sun, because that's the, that's the nearest thing to God in our level of manifestation. And the, it's actually a conscious being that we evolve into. So we evolve, we, once we leave out this cycle of, um, of man, you know, we, re, we reincarnate on other planets and then we gradually merge our consciousness together and go into the sun. And then the, eventually we, the, 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 um, these planet, the planets of consciousness is the galaxies of consciousness. They're all evolved beings and merged consciousness. So we evolve back to God as conscious gods. But on a more, much more basic level, we evolve. There's all these spirits, nature spirits, and evolving at the same time. And there's all these, um, these spirits on the astral realms who are talking to us all the time, but we can't see them you know, unless we develop our psychic powers. So mm. it's, it's actually a science. It's, a, it's, it's actually you know, you can say, oh, that it's just the, the universe trying to speak to me, but it's no, it's actual other conscious entities who are singing in my ear or trying to get me to, to write these things. And uh, so, because when we, because people say, oh, they think it's God, but that's just too big. You know, God doesn't talk through anyone. It's, it's aspects of God and people are closer to God. I don't know how that ties in with your... Well, well, it's very different. I mean, you know, Christianity is pretty straightforward that um, God talks to his people through what Christ did on the cross. So um, basically, that's the new covenant. And I think the reincarnation that we believe in is the new heavens and the new earth when Christ comes again for judgment and, and all that jazz. So I think it's very different. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because I always say that, you know, there's an absolute truth that, that lines the universe. There's an mm. absolute truth that, that whether you agree with it or not, it exists. And, and I feel like we're all kind of figuring that out. For me, I believe that it's Christianity. It's my faith in God. It's salvation through Christ. Um, and that we will be reincarnated. We'll have life eternity in eternity whether in heaven or in hell and some people believe in other things um but what do you believe in well jesus he never went away he's still he came from the bright and morning star you read in reverence so he reincarnated onto this earth to you know to bring the teachings and to um, for karmic reasons as well karmic manipulations so yeah he um he, he ascended on the cross, so he, re, he, he, he died physically and then he was reborn. Uh, he, he reassembled his physical body. He was an advanced yogi, so he studied in Tibet in those lost years, um, you know, before he became 
came back to teach was prominence. So he learned advanced yoga techniques and he stayed around on the other realms for about 700 years on this earth teaching. And that's why the, 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 um, his teachings are so prominent is because he did lots of teaching after in his ascended body, because when you have an ascended body, you can travel between the realms, you know, you can go into the hells and the heavens and you're not, you don't go into the hell forever or heaven forever based on your, your limited time on earth. It's just not logical. You know, you, you, you here you do karmic actions, which affect which level of vibration you go and live on the astral and you go and live there for a while which is still right here. It's just a level, different octave of manifestation, just a different level of vibration. And you go and live there for a while for, and then you're reborn here. And then you go back there and you, you're reborn here. And if you are very bad, you'll go into yes, in a dark place or you're going to a very, very pleasurable place, high, higher level, but no, it's pleasurable for all people. You are just going through, you just go to the level that you vibrate at. So if you love gambling and drinking and, you know, base activities, you go and burn off your desires, but it's in a very dark place. And if you go to a higher level, a higher realm, you know, it's very enjoyable, you know, in a, in a, in a, like going to a library here or a very beautiful cathedral. You know, if you're, if you're a drunkard, you wouldn't enjoy that experience. You couldn't live on those higher vibratory frequencies. So, um, but yeah, so Jesus was an advanced yogi from, uh, from, um, from the bright morning star and he left all these teachings, but they've been a lot quite distorted by the, by the, by the Catholic church. And, you know, they've, the Bible changed a lot. Um, you know, his original teachings were not, or not what is now in the Bible. You know, it's a, it's quite distorted. He definitely preached reincarnation and that's why the early Christians, you know, were happy to die for him, for their beliefs because they knew they were coming back. Um, so this idea of this long heaven and long hell is, is it's just not logical when you think about it as well. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be pleasurable to be there forever. You know, we're all, we're all evolving. If you look at evolution, it's the spiritual evolution is the same as evolution. You know, you have to be evolving and learning and improving all the time. You know, we, this is one big classroom. We're here to, to learn. So every experience gives us, gives us, gives us this chance to evolve, you know, and improve. So through countless, 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 countless incarnations. Sorry, I kind of took over the podcast there, but uh, no, it's, all my, right. it's my hot, it's my, my, uh, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely Jesus was a, was a, was a, was a fantastic divine spark of God, but he's not the one and only son of God. He's one of many, you know, he's, He's um, he's much many many times closer to God than us, but he's still he's still in this incarnatory cycle. He's not. He has. So where more. where did you read all this? Like, is there a religion that you follow? Yes, it's the Aetherius Society. It's called, and he Aetherial was Aetherial Society. Aetherius is one who comes through the ethers, so mm. it's from the the interplanetary masters on the other planets who are because. You know, if you go to other planets, they're uninhabited on our realm of existence, but on, on you know, the electromagnetic spectrum is solid at each level of each level of vibration, you know. So where we are, you know, this microphone is solid and this computer is solid, but you just, you change the dial a little bit and you go to another octave of manifestation. So if there's all these levels, that we can't see because we're only at this level of vibration. So, you know, but on, on the other, on other realms or other planets, there's sort of completely solid, you know, cities and, um, and life and palaces and whatever, but we don't see them. So they're uninhabited to us. But if you, if you, if you understand that this electromagnetic spectrum has, you know, it's like when you change the radio, you can tune into a different, frequency and you get the bass notes and the high notes and you can listen to classic fm yeah and you know you don't believe there's a rock station because you just don't turn the dial you know so if you if you if you study that and you buy into it then it kind of understands you know how you know ufos and where you life after death all because of this level this 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 understanding about these octaves of manifestation it's a lot Ooh. to take in. I know it's uh, 
So took me a while, but um, yeah. <laughs> but it's all in the Bible, you know. If it's, the Bible is basically a UFO book, you know, with pillars of smoke and stars moving through the sky, guiding wise men. You know, the stars don't do that. You know, it's obviously a UFO. So there's all these UFOs in the Bible that you haven't uh, when you when you know when you read it and notice. Um, yeah. Think about it. Think about it. Giving you some food for thought today. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm pretty solid with with what I believe in with the Bible, and um, I've also, but but I think it's always interesting uh, to hear what other people think. And you know, I was just thinking right now, we we're looking at the same thing and seeing different things. Like we're looking at the same Bible and and seeing different things. So it's very interesting. It's true. It's like the blind men with the elephant. Yeah, I was going to call this podcast the blind men and the elephant because we all have aspects of the truth. No, mm. I haven't got that. You know, you go the one man feels one blind man feels the elephant's leg and says the elephant is like a tree. Yeah, definitely like no, you are an idiot. It's like a rope. He's feeling the <laughs> tail. You know, you know, it's like a wall. So they're all. We all have these aspects of the truth that we uh, can tune into. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. New and shiny thoughts. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. No worries. Well, I'm, I'm pretty pleased to be able to share with you and hear from about you, you from your, uh, from your life in the Philippines. I definitely got an insight from you into, into what it's like to be a TV presenter locked in an apartment. In the Philippines. <laughs> Hopefully it's something that you can make a song out of. I'm excited to hear about it. Definitely. Definitely. All right, then. All right. Well, I'll, I'll see you on um, Friday, I think, right? Yep, two days. Yeah, I get to the, the yeah. roles are switched. And um, I'm really excited to be. Will, will we be on Spotify or, or will we be on your normal channel? Just on Spotify. Well, well, we'll be talking on Zoom and I can only upload it on Spotify. And then we'll, we'll probably record the video as well. Um, and we'll do like a five-minute or maybe like take a nice bit from the video and upload it on YouTube and all the oh, others. I, I better shave. I better dress up. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for the heads up. No problem. I'll see you on Friday then, huh? Okay, Joyce. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's not the way the family sees it Calling me in my room Zoom glue Weighs me down Talk is long, talk is cheap With people I never meet Zoom glue Nowhere to hide Cameras on a field open wide and everyone can see inside Mind is drifting, can't concentrate Biting hard just to stay awake Who wants a meeting after lunch? One bad apple in the Brady Bunch Too many faces to cognitize I need more info than just the eyes After every call I'm feeling drained Communicatively immune Zoom blue Weighs me down Talk is long, talk is cheap With people I never meet Zoom blue Nowhere to hide Cameras on the field
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on your podcast app or search out the song on any of the major music services. Or you can download directly from podsongs.com. Buying the song directly is the best way you can help us financially. Thanks to Maurizio Sanicola and Massimino Vodza for working with me on the music and Dori Verba, my researcher. And thanks to you, the listener. See you next time.